Okay, if, unlike cinematography, in CGI animation there are no sets, no cameras, no lights, no actors, how do the makers of videos imagine and plan what their finished product is going to look like before moving into full production? Well, stay tuned, because in this episode, number 2134, Bill and Sean Johnston, the CG bros, will be doing a deep dive into an art form that blends the skills of animation and cinematography when they answer the commonly asked question, what is pre-visualization? On the CG Bros CG Insider Podcast. Hello, and welcome to this edition of the CG Insider Podcast. Thanks again for joining us. In this episode, we're going to be answering the question submitted by Kurt H. that we received on our Ask Us Anything page at our website, thecgbros.com. What is pre-visualization? Hey, Kurt, thanks so much for your question. By the end of our podcast today, not only will you learn what pre-visualization is, but you'll also learn a little bit of the background and history about it as well. And uh, we'll be discussing about how it's changed over time and how it's become one of the most important roles in the development of CGI entertainment today. And make sure you stay to the end um, of our podcast where we'll be revealing uh, July's coveted video of the month winner oh, yeah. from the C our CG Bros YouTube channel. So stay tuned for that. I'm Bill Johnston, one of your hosts for today's podcast. And I'm Sean Johnston, the other. And uh, together we are the CG Bros. So you know, pre-visualization is a pretty broad subject, Sean. Where, where do we want to start start discussing this? Well, uh, first off, um, you know, clarity is one of the most important weapons in any filmmaker's armory, right? And so pre-visualization is one of those, you know what, let's just call it pre-vis, because that's really what it is. Let's that's it. what the pros call it. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. That's professionals, so right? It's one of the most powerful <laughs> tools to achieve that end. And so it's, you know... It's important to being sta beginning stages of any filmmaker's plan to uh, complete the VFX and the animated sequences uh, before it's actually made. So that's kind of what previs is. It's it's like a visual battle plan, and it's uh, not only essential to producing and directing a su successful project, but it also helps with your budgeting, uh, helps stay within the budgets, and also helps communicate uh, the vision that you have for um, for the film to other artists, uh, cast, and crew. Absolutely. I mean, in the simplest terms, it's probably the process of seeing something before it's created, you know, visualizing it before it's 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 completed. That's as simple uh, as you can get. Yeah. Uh, you know, I mean, and, and people will say, well, why is it important? You named, named a couple uh, reasons why it's important to visualize CG uh, uh, and animation in there. Even even previous film projects. I mean, you know, when you're working on a project that takes a lot of what the 4M, we, we might have mentioned that before. I don't know. Men, money, machines and minutes. Mm -hmm. um, nothing's more important, like you said, to success, you know, to to, to communicate the artistic vision and right. even the te technical vision, really, uh, and, get, and complete your, your project on time and on budget, at least, you know, in our view, then, then clarity. I mean, you have to have, be able, and you have to be able to communicate that artistic vision and technical vision to your team. So, yeah. um, you know, when you, when you read a, a, a nice clear screenplay or a script you know if it's well done you can actually see the film in your mind's eye and so that's that's kind of what pre-visualization does or previs uh it, it provides a visual cue of how of what the final product is really you know what you're what's going to look like yes and you know it's used in not only animated films but live action films commercial spots uh, music videos tv and video games of course um you know it's just yeah, it's, it's artist starts with rough building blocks and, and then just, you know, storyboards, the script, uh, you know, storyboards or a script, which they interpret into a 3D space, uh, usually now with digital previs instead of just drawing everything out. Um, yeah. And then uh, you stage the camera and, you know, your scenes that way. 
um, like you said, to give the, um, you know, your crew and everything else uh, a heads up before things are, and that, like you said, saves money, um, can also uh, has, has the ability to, you know, stop problems from recurring. So if you're, if you're setting up at different locations or difficult locations um, where you've had got some maybe constraints on size or tiny spaces ahead of time, when you've got this whole thing set up in advance, uh, visually, you can, you can actually take into that, take that into account and help, you know, alleviate some issues that may come up. Yes. And it gives the entire production team a, a defined direction. And it gives them um, kind of a feeling for how the shots are going to move between the scene, uh, the different scenes. And, you know, when you think about it, when you create CGI, you know, n- nothing, it's all pre-visualization when you think, kind, of, kind of think about it. But, mm-hmm. but, but, but if you do it in the early stages, you know, you, before actual production begins, it, it, it also gives the voice talent, you know, a chance to, to see what the movie's going to be like mm-hmm. and to develop their characters, you know, before they actually, you know, say their lines, uh, you know, do the recording of, of that. It, it just gives everybody a place to, a place to be kind of a visual bar to hit, you know, yes. if you will. Yes. I didn't um, realize that it was the term previs um, wasn't, I mean, even still unheard of back in 1977 when they worked on, you know, Star Wars uh, episode four, um, where they hand animated, you know, fighter type, uh, fi- uh, sorry, star fighter sequence uh, based on the World War II dogfighting uh, footage. For the original Star Wars, so that's, you know that that they did that at that time, but it's still they didn't term it or, or you know, they didn't have a, a word for it at that point. Yes, and it was actually the VFX industry, Sean, that that brought the term previs and uh, as a as an art form or as a as a as a thing, even as a as a word to life. It, it you know, when you think about it, you know, you see you see these action films like uh, I don't know, Mission Impossible or. or or Fast and Furious or something like that. And you see some of these just amazing action sequences and you wonder, you know, how did they, how did they put that together? You know, that, that, that was all scripted down to the last nut and bolt. I mean, if you will, it, it, it's, it was all pre-visualized. It was, as a matter of fact, it was probably pre-visualized several times from several different angles to find out which camera angle and which, which shot, you know, elicited the, the most drama, you know? Right. Um, and so it's, it's just a, you know, it, VFX is, was really the pioneer on that. And so, but, but now since it's been so effective in use in use in VFX, because VFX is so expensive to produce, you know, you don't want to have, have all your VFX end up on the cutting room floor, you know, at the end of the day, you, you just, you want to make what's, what you're going to use and don't make what you're not going to use yes. uh, in, in that. And so it was really uh, an, an effort to, you know, save money. Yes. Yes. And, 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 go ahead. Go ahead. Sorry. I'm, I'm sorry. I was going to say some of the, uh, originally, you know, previs when it started becoming more and more common. I mean, before that, um, you know, well, you know, Michael Fink. I don't know if I mentioned this before. He's a visual effects veteran, actually Academy Award winning. Um, he was explaining um, that in the pre-digital photochemical practical days, you know, everything's practical. Mm-hmm. Um, nearly all the effect shots were uh, with camera movement, um, with the exceptions of some uh, pan and tilt options, were all motion control. Um, and before getting the motion control stage, they did previs with foam core cutouts and miniatures um, and uh, paper dolls and those kind of things. Uh, and then as well as the action figures, because they didn't have anything. They didn't have the, the computers at that point until the mid 90s really were, um, you know, too slow to do any of that kind of previs stuff. Yeah. And we could consider previs to just be called planning. You know, that's really what it is. It's planning. Um, and, 
you know, it, you, you mentioned that it allows, uh, you know, directors to experiment and stuff with, with, you know, various shots, but, you know, you can always, you know, always experiment with, you know, uh, prop placement and lighting, different, different lighting situations and, and, and or, or shot durations and, and, you know, staging of, of the set. You can, you just think how much time you'd spend if you had to experiment with all that stuff during a live shoot. Yeah. You know, that's, the, that's, it, it just allows you different, you know, to, 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 to see things before, you know, you actually make them, which saves you just, Yes. Well, I mean, you're also talking about, you know, uh, lenses, uh, you know, exactly early on, you couldn't do those uh, real world lenses weren't, you, know, you couldn't even actually approximate those in the computer until, like I said, in the nineties. So it's uh, today, pretty much anybody can do, I mean, previs is such a huge, um, uh, you know, uh, people, uh, you know, companies want them um, pre-visualization uh, type uh, artists because um, they've got such a, a talent for direction and we'll talk about a little bit later about, you know, all the different talent, different uh, things that they, the roles or hats that they wear, um, which actually can kind of, um, the, you know, can actually the director of photography and then they may kind of uh, conflict a little bit, but sure. it's amazing what a role they have today. It's just so much uh, today. Well, you know, there, there's several tools to help with uh, the pre-visualization process and probably one of the first ones, and you mentioned it was storyboarding. Um, mm -hmm. So let's, let's go ahead and talk about storyboards for, for a second. Um, if you don't know, storyboards are, are, are normally anyway, a, a pictorial representation of the shots in your, in your, in your sequence or your film. Um, basically the script is reviewed and it's analyzed and, you know, basic pacing is worked out and, and timing and, and you break down the, the script in, into scenes and then you break those scenes down into shots and, and, and you kind of decide what makes up those, those shots. And so, you know, you're, you're thinking about things like framing and like you said, camera angles and camera lenses, uh, the motion of the camera, yes. um, as well as, you know, maybe transitions between shots. Mm -hmm. um, and so, you know, you put these, these pictures, this pictorial representation, each shot basically is put onto this giant board where, you know, the production team, uh, you know, it's, it's, it's a sequence, it's put into sequence and, mm -hmm. and to make sure that the, make sure that story flows correctly from shot to shot. And, and, you know, it basically is a complete storyboard looks real similar to a comic book. Uh, yes, it does. Yes. But each one kind of looks like its own panel and, and there's dialogue is, is written in there and, and little arrows showing which way to, you know, the, camera might be moving or or something like that right um and uh, you know the story you know and based on the storyboard the animation team can can really start planning the production requirements right and it's and yes it's not even just used for filmmaking it's you know following on the roots of animation and movie making storyboards are, have, have also been used by ad agencies for commercials directors for plays and artists of course like you mentioned for comics um they, they've actually found themselves uh, in, into the business world for modeling how customers actually interact with uh, new products too. So storyboarding is a really important um, uh, step in that process of previews. Well, yeah, it's, it's, it, it, it allows the director to, to rearrange, you know, the edit, you know, move shots around, add shots, change them or whatever. Um, it's, as a matter of fact, it's really common to have, you know, storyboards to you know, be redrawn or, or they call it reboarded. Um, right. Several times, several times before you know the, it finally the, the shot or the film or the commercial makes uh, meets final approval. So it's really actually the first real edit of the film. Yes, this is in the storyboard stage. Yes, and then the next next one is what you you like a lot is um, was a two D animatic, right? I mean, that's kind of the the second stage. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And so that's basically taking the storyboards uh, and, and digitizing them, bringing them in the computer, scanning them in there, and then editing them together 
uh, with camera movement and some maybe some vo uh, rough voiceover and music and sound effects. Um, and those are called that's called a scratch track, by the way. Yes, yes, and um, I can actually show a little bit of that if you if you want to see that. Um, I do. This is kind of a so Federico uh, de Alessandro is a Marvel um, storyboard artist and uh, supervisor, lead story storyboard artist in Mar at Marvel Studios. And so he put together a side by side comparison, which I think will kind of give you guys a or give you an, a, um, a really good visual of what we're talking about. So let me go ahead and get that set up. Uh, OK, show and, me some of it. All right. And I'll go ahead and, and play this. Okay. All right. So this uh, is some of the Marvel scenes that you see here. So you got the giant frost beast from Thor. Um, he's just in. Um, you've got the, the frost uh, beast coming up through the ground here. So you can kind of see the drawings that they did there. Um, then, of course, the destroyers uh, from Thor blasting through the streets. Um, this is a pretty nice side by side then. Yeah, this this is a really nice visual, so you can get an idea of what that is. Showing the previs and then the, mm -hmm. the resulting shot—that's great. And Captain America, um, First Avenger, is running after Valkyrie, the super bomber, as it takes off out of the mountain tunnel, and he jumps on it. And of course, the Avengers. I love this scene. This is when Robert Downey Jr. is thrown through the glass pane window by uh, in the Avengers Tower by Loki. He falls to the ground, and before he. Hits that, he summons the, his, his MK7 suit pod and it comes and connects with his body. And he does not smash and splat on the ground. I love that. <laughs> it's really cool. I love when it blasts through the, through the door uh, and, and almost hit and knocks Loki over. That was pretty cool. Yeah, so the 2D animatic allows animators and directors to work out basically any script and timing issues that exist within the storyboard. And that's kind of what we're seeing here is they're yes. actually able to edit the shots and get the timing down and the, and the rough camera uh, angles. Yes, the Avengers Assemble iconic scene in New York. That, that looks awesome. <laughs> that's so cool. Um, this is kind of a neat one, too. This is an Iron Man 3 where the uh, missiles are fired at his, his Malibu home over the shore and before... Uh, Pepper Potts hits the ground or hits the wall in the background. Uh, his suit comes and assembles around her. And then she saves him from some debris that's falling down. And then all of a sudden he gets his second suit and, he, and assembles around him. And then he, I believe he's going to fire at this helicopter right now that's shooting at him. And then uh, once he it's amazing him, how it's amazing how closely the, the final product tracks the storyboard, at, you know? Yeah. Uh, it's truly amazing to see it side by side. Yeah, that, that's uh, pretty, pretty impressive stuff. So I think that's kind of a good idea. People can kind of get an idea. Um, there's also some uh, in, in this in this uh, side by side comparison where they actually use 3D blocking or 3D characters also along with 2D animated um, characters, uh, you know, they that they've drawn in. So you have like 3D space as well as 2D. They do a mix of both of those. Oh, interesting. Yeah. No, normally there's, well, I mean, it, it really depends. You can do it any way you want. The storyboarding is first, then comes a 2D animatic. Oh, yeah. Uh, and then then kind of as it comes a, a 3D blockout uh, uh, phase where you basically you, you use uh, the 2D animatic and then you, you block out, you know, 3D cameras and three and simplified geometry or stand in objects or, you know, proxies. Yes. Uh, and the setup and animate the cameras and animate, you know. The, the the proxy objects and 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 kind of see how that all works out and then uh you know you create a 3d a 3d animatic out of that right um which is just basically rough animation 
um, a, a rough lighting animation and setup. Um, and and uh, it just, it's basically, you know, a, a phase by phase process. And hopefully by the time you get to three animatic stage and that that's the stage just prior to production three of three, you know, three animation production, you know, you've got all the bugs worked out, not all of them, but you know, 90% of them, hopefully you've got worked out. Yes. And let, let's show this this really cool scene from um, um, age of Ultron where he Iron Man's in his Hulkbuster outfit. And so you can see the 3d model here. And he's going to be, you know, fighting Hulk, who gets, you know, bewitched by, by the Scarlet Witch. And this is my favorite. Watch this when he when he grabs uh, grabs him down on the ground, coming up here. Mm-hmm. Watch this. He grabs they smash fists together, and then he flips him down, and then he does this bang, 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 bang on his face. I oh, love the that. Jack jackhammer on his head. His face <laughs> so awesome. Anyway, I'll go ahead and uh, flip back. That's a really great example, Sean. No, oh, thanks. Yeah, I think that'll kind of give an idea. So like you were saying, we could probably get into the, the 3D block out, right? Let's get into yeah. that. Yeah. That's the next stage. And yeah, I mean, it, it, go ahead, Sean. I was just going to say, it's you know laying out your scenes in 3D, um, the characters, the props, like you see the camera arranging, kind of range to match the storyboard uh, as, you know, as, as closely as possible. Um, it, it is a loose process to get a quick idea of the scene until you start getting a little bit more refined um look and uh, staging which is the next one which would be the 3d animatic and that's staging that's where you you're it's based on the 2d uh, animatic and and it's used for scene duration uh production design spatial connections scene staging um camera angles of course point of view um you know all all with the emphasis of of uh, captivating the story from the script because story is so important right so Yes, and and anything else that can make it more dramatic and exciting for the viewer, absolutely. Right. And and often the people who are doing the three D, you know, the three D artists, the work, uh, you know, on the animatic, and they'll in, in, it'll be including the director, the mocap director, um, of course, three D modelers, three D animators, and and technical artists, um, and uh, in fact, the sound technician for that matter. So a, a lot of those work with a, a team at that point. Um, in fact, motion capture actors can be brought in uh, to perform the scenes um, from the animatic using performance capture suits, like we talked about earlier, using Motion Builder and streaming it in real time. Um, and so um, that's kind of the staging there. It's, uh, it's, you know, it's finishing the animatic can be used for ad testing, cut scenes, or um, sometimes in-game cinematics or, or game movies or trailers for commercials or advertisement for films. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. You know, as as far as uh, you know, the use I, I was talking about how it kind of previous started with the VFX industry, industry, and and that's really true. But I mean, that, you know, anybody today with a laptop can <laughs> can can do previs. I mean, there's uh, you know, it's it, as a matter of fact, it's used. I don't know of any filmmakers that aren't using previs uh, really because it, it's just it's just part of being efficient. Yeah. Um, Would you want to see some of the some of the? Uh, let me show you. Um, one of the one of the largest companies that does three um, D previs and they're well known. That a lot of the uh, Marvel, probably almost all the Marvel ones, is uh, the third floor. So let me let me show you their previs reel, which gives you an idea of a lot of the three D previs before. So this is Christopher Robin, Winnie the Pooh, Dumbo, um, really so- some a lot of really um, they the diverse portfolio that they've worked on. Um, and I believe Halon Entertainment's another one that's another one that they've used. So 
this is going to be cool. It's flipping. So they did Mandalorian uh, showing previews of that. Um, it's showing Jumanji the next level. So a lot of these scenes you're seeing um, are with them uh, is like you said earlier, they're, they're taking the entire shot and they're doing it all previous a hundred percent and they're following it really faithfully when they get it. And it, it, it's, it cuts on, it, like I said earlier, it cuts so much time downs because CGI obviously is so expensive to, to make that you want to make sure that you've got all those things nailed down before. In fact, months, even before production begins. Absolutely. And, and I guess, and I'd say that, that, you know, if you're not doing, Previs for your projects uh, because you can't afford it. Listen, you you can't afford not to do previs. Uh, it's just it's just one of those things that it's it's so necessary these days, especially with the cost of, of filmmaking. Yes, and Marvel, as a matter of fact, um, only I think the first one it was like uh, I think it was um, maybe it was Captain America. Two thirds of their film was done with previs at that point because before that a lot of previews was done just for like the iconic moments of a film um, maybe 10 years ago. And, um, and maybe, maybe the, 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 um, and then, so now what they're doing is they're doing it almost to the entire movie. I think the latest movie is, is, is entirely done pre-visualization, even the up to the scenes where they're um, like a romantic uh, scene or something like that um, is also previews. So it's the wow. entire movie now. So, so what, what, what's the best previs tool to, you know, so, so we've convinced people to do, do previs, how important previs is and, 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 and what it is, you know, what, what are some of the best tools? I mean, uh, you know, the, the, the people who want to get into previs or, or the directors can use to, to communicate this, the vision. I mean, you know, sometimes it's just a pen and paper, you know, we're talking about software and stuff like that. Sometimes a pen and paper works best, you know, to communicate vision. Sometimes it's a sketch pad. Mm-hmm. It works best, you know, or a whiteboard, you know, some people are really great at, at communicating using whiteboard, but you know, these days it's mostly computer programs, but it doesn't have to be. I mean, the term previs is, is, is used by people today to basically describe the technology that helps improve the efficiency of your shot creation process. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's not, it's not any one technique anymore, you know, where, you know, it's, it's you can use several tools and different techniques to use. So, um, you know, yes. you're, you're not stuck with any, you know, you don't have to use computer programs. I mean, it's not, no, there's no rule. Yes. And, you know, it's a funny story become uh, about previs. Um, I, I mentioned Michael Finn, uh, Fink before, um, and he said um, uh, he's the Academy Award-winning VFX um, producer. He uh, worked on some previs sequences early on and they, they cut them into the film um, before they'd been photographed and, and completed the scenes. And he said it was it was so successful to the point that there were times when the editor and director were sitting down and, and they were so used to seeing the same previous shot in, in the film for months and months um, that they'd come to believe that that shot was completely done. And they forgot that they're looking at previous work <laughs> was uh, at video resolution, you know, because they're editing a lot of these in, in high res. So uh-huh. um, and another uh, he mentioned another slightly darker, but sometimes funny side of previous is that there are. Many times when um, when uh, the look of the favorite pre visualized shot can't be duplicated in, in exactly in live action, it's it's too it's too impossible. And so although the uh, the live action was would be great, the director's so used to seeing the previs that um, he's they have a hard time accepting that the real footage is there. It's not as as dramatic as a lot of the almost video gamey uh, you know some of the previs stuff is. So. 
Uh, it's pretty interesting these days. Yes, and they're actually using a lot of video game technology to do pre-visualization. I mean, you mentioned the Mandalorian. We've spoken of it in past podcasts. I mean, many times. You know, production. What you see is what you get now, and so they're they're kind of merging. They're coming closer together. Pre, you know, the the level and the quality of the pre-visualization uh, is is high. I mean. Yeah, I mean, all you have to do is pre-visualize it and then just film it, you know, I mean, especially with some of the stuff that's coming out of game engines these days. Yes, using Unreal and, and Unity, there's, in fact, the um, some of the some of the stuff that's been used uh, recently, the third floor, as a matter of fact, they're, they do post-vis, um, pre-vis, uh, and also augmented reality stuff. And so I was going to show you that a little bit later. Um, if we have time to uh, show a little bit what they're working on in using augmented reality to do previs, it's pretty impressive stuff. It's um, so. Well, we can look at it now if you want. Sure. If you want to. Sure. I mean, I'm, I'm, you know, with 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 the, you know, previs. I mean, there's the, you're basically the one who who decides, you know, what works best for you. Uh, you know, there is a there is a you know, I'll just inject it, inject it here real quickly. Yeah, there is an industry standard software for. For pre, you know, I guess for handling all pre-visualization assets, it's a, mm-hmm. uh, it's called Storyboard Studio from Frame Frameforge. It seems to be, you know, from what I read, I I've not used it, um, but um, you know, and there's so many tools out there, but this, that seems to be the one that, that a lot of top end studios uh, are using. Yeah, there's also there's a beta software available um, for one called First Stage by MovieStorm uh, Limited in the UK, and it's a virtual production studio. Um, where you can collaborate previs and you can use, like I said, uh, virtual reality based 3D animation previs tools, um, which speeds up the blocking layout process and, um, you know, turning it from a slow and linear uh, to dynamic in real time. I think that's pretty much where all this is going. Um, you could block out um, without waiting on the 3D models because they have placeholder libraries. You can throw in assets quickly um, sketched in, or you can quickly sketch in 3D. Um, you can quickly pose your characters camera placed uh, layout uh, sequences, you know, a lot of that can be done uh, in this software and it's pretty cheap. Right now I said like it was beta, but it's free. You can try it out their website. We'll list that at at the end of this. But some of the um, things that I was going to, that the third floor is is working on is um, uh, one of their VFX supervisors for the third floor, Eric Carney, um, developed what they call Cyclops, which is a a live VFX viewer using, um, a special software app that's powered by the Unreal Engine, like you mentioned about the game engine, which is Unreal. And they use an Apple iPad um, for augmented reality, um, and it makes it easier to previs um, CG characters and set extensions right there on location. Because what happens is a lot of times he was explaining is like when he's working on um, uh, was it uh, uh, some of the some of the movies where well. Uh, What's what's the one that has the? Why can't I think about that? which one that is? Are you, you going to show us some of it? I'll show you some of it. Why don't I just do that? That'll actually be easier. All Game right. of Thrones. <laughs> come on, wake up. So so people get on on. Let's say their shooting location. Go well. How big is the how big is the uh, dragon? And he was saying, oh, it's the size of a seven forty seven. So you're like, okay, uh, all right. <laughs> you're trying to get idea, and they would have like an extension with a tennis ball on it. This is how high it is. But now let me go ahead and show you this. Um, this is Cyclops here. And so he's explaining it. Actually, it won a Luminaire Award of 2021. So let's show this. So this is where I was talking about where he 
has an iPad and he brings in um, an asset and it locks it down in real time. So that's the size. So you can kind of get your shot orientated and, and know exactly what he's going to, you know, the size. You can actually drag that asset and move it around, um, rescale it if you need to. You know, that's one thing we didn't mention that uh, that's really valuable to, to establish in previous is the scale of things. Yes. Yeah. And this this would help immensely, especially on, on set or on different shoot locations of what, you know, you're going to composite through, you know, CGI later on. Mm-hmm. So let me let me show you. Um, this is really impressive stuff where they do the set extensions with one of the live actors. So check this out where they actually put in they ro- they'll replace the background with a different um, ex- set extension where it's got the street. And so you can kind of get your all your stuff way ahead of time. And this is this is live. You can actually that's it. camera tracking, right? Yeah, everybody can. And, and this is, you know, through Wi-Fi, you can send this to somebody else and they can be watching what you're doing and they can start moving things around and you can do it uh, collaboratively, which is really, really cool. And you can, it has, it has Z depth where you can actually move it in front of something. And then at the very end, this is kind of impressive where they actually bring in the three animated um, creature. So watch this. He's, he's just, and, and it actually interacts with the talent in there. And so it's walking up to the little girl which is Ray Harryhausen, Cyclops. That's what they Yeah, that's Cyclops. impressive. Yeah, that's great. And, you know, obviously, well, they said that the, the character in this particular scene that you're seeing um, is uh, pre-rendered. And so what they would have to do if you wanted to change the, you know, the, the timing of the character that's running and jumping around and the Cyclops, you'd have to um, get that, send it back, have somebody do it. And that'd probably take within 24 hours, they were saying, and you can get it. Re, redone so pretty impressive stuff that is really that's great the to be future able to see. right here yeah. it's all yeah. augmented reality type stuff that i see this every it's going to be everywhere well you know there's some other other uses of previs that we we haven't mentioned uh you know architecture it's basically the same kind of thing where you you model you know your apartments and surroundings and and, and everything can be animated and mm-hmm. basically used as a guideline for you know the real construction project um Gaming is another big area where we do a lot of pre-visualization uh, of stuff. Um, advertising agencies, uh, it's real common today for advertising agencies to, to create previs and animatics, basically to test their commercials with focus groups before they're made into full production uh, spots. Mm-hmm. Uh, that, that, and we've talked about how, how that saves money. So it's just, you know, previs is such a powerful technique to use. Uh, and there's no one one right way to do it. Uh, so... Um, well, you know, follow, do you have any follow? Go I was going to say follow follow the the what we had just you know all the breakdowns of what we were talking about. That's pretty much the way it's it's structured. Um, but then again, just remember the last thing I would say about previs we didn't mention is um, a lot of the previs now you can um, actually translate it that into actual um, uh, camera moves that are that are based on size. So you, that translates over. So when they do shots, a lot of times now after they've done the previs, they can, they can do the actual measurements of what the camera lenses is, uh, you know, in relation to your talent. And that actually can be a camera dolly move that's plugged into the computer. And it knows exactly shot for shot based on that previs. Oh, does the camera controlling yeah, from the computer. Yeah, they call it tech, tech is kind of what oh. that is. It's translating to tech viz. Previs to tech viz, kind of what they talk about. That's the term. <laughs> so Yes. And if, if time is money and it is, we, we all know that, um, mm-hmm. 
you just can't say, don't worry, you know, we'll fix it in post anymore. Not anymore, um, no. Meaning, meaning basically that they'll cover up their mistakes in post-production. Well, that, that's kind of like to me saying, uh, fix it hey, you know, that's, that's someone else's problem, man. Right. You know? <laughs> yeah, yeah, like I said, fix that in previs. Exactly. No, no, you fix. You can fix it in pre, in, in in previs now. Exactly, so yeah. that you don't make the the errors, and their their errors can be very costly. And it really helps together. You know, keep together uh, your team as well. Yeah, I think. Absolutely. Um, well, great. I think we're winding up, uh, getting to the end of the podcast here. Uh, we, let's go ahead and get to the video of the month. I know that we uh, the vom. We, we we what is it? The vom. The vom. Oh, the vom. Right, right. Uh, and uh, the video of the month for. Um, July was the alien nightmare. Uh, it's about, uh, well, I'll read the synopsis. It's in the middle of the night, a UFO with three alien aliens land on Earth, and they set out to discover this very special and completely unknown world. Uh, it was created by a, a, a great team of, of uh, CG artists. Uh, Alexis Sabalza did the layout and rendering. Um, Lorraine uh, Balistrat did the animation and compositing. Uh, Mark, Well, that's it for today. We hope you've enjoyed the CG Pro's answer to the question, what is pre-visualization? Thanks for being with us. If you're watching on YouTube or other social media, please give us a like and make a comment. If you haven't yet subscribed, please hit the subscribe button and ring the bell so you'll be notified when we post our next podcast. Oh, and don't forget to tell all your friends that they can listen to our podcast series on SoundCloud, Spotify, Apple Podcast, Google Podcast, iHeartRadio, Amazon Music, Audible.com, and Stitcher. If you are listening to us on Spotify, you can share the podcast to Facebook, Twitter, and Tumblr with the share link. That's the circle with the three dots in it. Contact us on our website at thecgbros.com and follow us on Facebook, Twitter, Pinterest, Tumblr, and Instagram. And be sure not to miss our next episode when the CG Bros will answer the question, what is a virtual actor? This has been episode 2134 of the CG Bros CG Insider Podcast. See you next time.